that now the family is losing out by having her around, the family will lose out a lot more if you lose her. If she gets worse, even if she moves out or even if she whatever, and she gets worse, then you're going to lose her a lot more. So you need to have a lot of patience to understand that you're not the parent over here, you're a sibling. And Baruch Hashem, this is not your problem as far as how to parent her and to make decisions about family and lockouts and this and that. As a brother, what you can be doing for her is you can put your arm around her and you can say, I love you and I'm proud of you and find ways to make her smile. Otherwise, there's nothing else that you can do besides on your own to daven and to learn that she should have a refuah shalema. But you don't, you're not going to understand what parents go through and what they need to and what they need to do to save them and that's not your job your job is not to discuss or to worry or to think about how they should parent her or the rest of the family your job is only as a brother every time you make her smile she's one step away from the street and the more that you make her smile the more you pull her towards the family the more that you make her frown the more you push her out to the street. The more you push her out to the street, the longer this terrible situation will go on, and the harder it will be for her to straighten up her life, and the more of a long ramification this whole painful process will be for the entire family. There are children who never come back. There are children that die. There are children who overdose. There are children who live in the village. There are children, girls who uh, go out and, and, and move in with Schwarzes and Puerto Ricans. I have stories right now that I'm dealing with. There's many, many of them. And then there are other kids that through acceptance and kiruv on somebody like this, that they hang in there, and throughout everything, they end up coming back, and they end up having a normal life. And we cannot have blood on our on our hands by doing anything that will push her out. We can't be selfish. We can't be selfish and say, I can't have such a zach in my house. You can't be selfish. You have to realize your Baruch Hashem very stark. Hashem helped you that you had a normal life. You have a lot going for you that she does not have. If she never had cancer and the family decided to put a television in her room because of her pain and she's up at night and she should have something to watch and a boy says, I'm a very early yeshiva bacher and ich ken nishzayin in ahoz mit a television, then he's probably... Uh, I, I, I don't want to say what he is. But selfish is not even to the beginning of it. So you can't be selfish. You're growing up in a family. It's a wonderful family. You have a wonderful life. You have a bismedish. You have a, you have a tire. You have Hashem with you. You have enough. Yeshli koil. You have everything. She is tzibrachen. Why did Hashem put you next to her? Can't be that you should be selfish. It can't be that you should do things that will make her feel more more worse. Maybe Hashem is giving you an opportunity to expand yourself, to be able to love someone who's going through difficult times, to be able to show tremendous compassion to someone who's hurting you and hurting your parents, to understanding her and to helping her. And that could be something that's worth more to you, that can give you more for your life, for your ruchnias. We don't know who's going to have a child like this. We don't know who's going to have a neighbor like this. You're right now being trained. You have an opportunity. It's very easy to be a kanoi and to say, no, this is not good and that's not good. I can't live like this. This is the wrong mahalach. It takes a lot more to be humble 
and to say, my parents are going through a very difficult time. I give them a lot of credit. They're willing to do anything for this kid. And I'm learning, I'm learning that when I have a child in Mitzvah Shem, no matter what my child is, I'll try to give them the best chinuch. But the bottom line is, I'll love them like crazy. I'll accept them. I'll never, never be marachic them. And you get a chance to learn how to help somebody who really, really needs help and to do kiruv rechaykim. If she was a girl from Jep that they brought to town and they said, this is her story, she's not religious and she's not sneistic and you're going to be Makarifer, so what would you do? You would yell at her and tell her that you're killing everybody and you're on the wrong path and you're hurting yourself. These things, they just don't work. Nobody ever got better from them. You have to do is, you have to show her that Yiddish guide is beautiful and that you're wanted and that you're wonderful and that we want you to be part of Kali Yisrael and you have so much wonderful qualities and you're going to make a fantastic family one day and you're going to be a great mom and you're a great sibling and I love you and, and you're wonderful and what you do with Hashem is your own business and Hashem understands you and Hashem is our father and He loves us and He always loved us even in the Churban Beis Hamikdash when He destroyed the Beis Hamikdash He said my children where are you my Kehanim where are you where I feel like I'm under the Chuppah and I found out that my wife was Mazana and I'm sitting alone and I don't know what to do but I love you so much and I want you back and look at all the Ahava that Hashem had throughout the ages. These are concepts that we know about, that Hashem never, ever loses us and never lets us go. If your sister said, you know what, I'm not comfortable in this house. You're all going one direction. I'm going another direction. I think I'll find my own place. It would be a time to sit shiva. You have to say, what's the difference? What We're all going in the same direction. We're all want to be happy and we all want to do good and you're wonderful and Hashem knows you and understands you. We all understand your struggles and how difficult your life is and you're doing great and I know one thing my sister, I know that if I would have gone through what you would go through, I would be much worse than you. No question about it. And you're wonderful and you're going to be great. And look at her ruts and look how she asks beautiful questions and look how she tries to do so well and look at how much she's fighting. She took out the earring and she's, it's not schizo, it's that she wants it. All your conclusions about that she doesn't want Yiddishkeit are all wrong because you don't understand these kids. And when you get older, you understand these kids, you'll see they're all wrong. It's not true. She loves Yiddishkeit. If she knew that she could be Matsliach at Yiddishkeit, she would grab it. If she knew that she can go to a school, to a mainstream school, and she could be the GO president, she would sign up for that in an instant. But those aren't her choices. Her choices are to be the worst kid in the school, to be the loser of the school, or to go to some difficult school. She doesn't feel good about it, and neither would you. It's not easy to be her. And therefore, sometimes you get frustrated and you look for different things to do and then you regret it and then you say, I'm never going to do it again. But on my side, I don't have any good friends and I only have bad friends. And who's going to accept me? The good girls in the class don't even look at me anymore. And the good boys are never going to want to marry me. So I am only feel forced to go down and they feel forced to do other things. We would never want to be in her situation. Would you want to be in her situation? Do you think... Do you think that if you had her life that you could do better than her? I know if I had her life, I would be out there doing drugs and being the worst of the worst. Because I know that i got to be good at something. So if I can't be good at yeshiva, I would have to be good at the street. I would have to be a good drug. I'd probably, I'm a soicher. I'm a businessman. I would probably be a drug dealer. 
I would probably be wheeling and dealing because I got skill, I got talent. And if I can't use it in Yiddishkeit and I can't use it in my yeshiva and I can't sit and learn past mother, so then I'm, I have no place. So if I have no place, I'm, I try to make a place. So she's unfortunately, unfortunately very, very sick and very in very, very much danger. None of the things that you're worried about are going to affect her long term. A television won't affect her in 10 years from now. Nothing. Nothing. Even alcohol, even drugs. Hopefully she's not going to take it too far. All the misbehaviors, hopefully in 10 years from now, this is going to be a bad dream. She's going to be married. She's going to have a child or two children. She's going to be married to a good guy. She's going to be from. Everything's going to be fine. These kids come back at their own pace, at their own time. What is going to make an event that will change her in 10 years from now is if she feels, I have no family. If I have no family, I have no place in my family, then she's going to feel like a Yisoyma. If she feels like a Yisoyma, there's nothing to come home to. There's nobody waiting for you. And therefore, anything is open. And those kids spiral down the worst, worst, worst. They're the ones who become prostitutes. They're the ones who become drug addicts and use needles. They're the ones who have nothing to live for. So they have nothing holding them. What your parents have been doing in the past few months, and with your help as well, is saying, no matter what you are, we love you. Your bed is always here. And at the end of the day, that's going to save her. Question is that that you're worried about everyone's health as she goes as the sister goes through this difficult time, and the derech of of working with her and showing her love and acceptance is is you think it's a good long-term plan, but you're worried that it's that that your parents or you are going to snap. So here's the answer. The answer is that there is no other path. If you use the other path, then the, they'll snap quicker because emotionally it'll get much harder for them. You see, what happens is, um, the best example I can give you is like a wounded dog. Imagine that there's a wounded dog that ends up in front of your steps. If you go out to the dog and you go, or you stamp your foot, or you scare it, it's going to viciously attack you viciously attack you. But if you go over, you sit on the floor, you go closer to it, you, you pet it, you give it some food, you show it that I care for you, eventually it'll feel safe enough, it'll whimper, it'll purr, and then it'll even show you where it's, where it's hurting so you can maybe help it. The children, when the parents attack them, by giving them advice and telling them that they're wrong and setting up rules and controlling them. Those are the kids, they turn vicious and they bite. That's why there's showmen being called every night that there are fights going on, there are knives being pulled. There's a boy in Barra Park that I know, sweet boy, good, good kid. And his parents were yelling at him and whatever, and he pulled two meat knives and went to murder his meat, big meat knives from the kitchen. He got two big, huge knives from the kitchen and went to kill his parents. And Baruch Hashem, his brother, intercepted and managed to get them away from him. And he could have killed his brother. And all of that was escalation of violence. The parents who are having heart attacks are not doing what we're doing. They're the ones who are attacking the kids, and the kids attack back, and the escalation will kill your parents so quick that it's not even a question. You think watching her fall is difficult? 
having altercations with her and the yelling and the screaming and the, the rising of emotions besides that it'll break your sister and push her out of the door and those kids end up just give me needles give me, give me ecstasy give me anything with no boundaries cocaine to make her feel good she'll do it those are the kids that, that do much worse so besides for her though for your own parents you, the tsar is a million times worse so if you're worried about your parents then what we have to keep in mind is peace and calm we don't make anything an event we let her do the best that she can do we let her she's, this is her life she's driving and we're here to encourage her and to support her and not to judge her and not to yell at her because then she's going to bite and when she bites it's going to be bad now your mother told me that in her estimation, from one to a hundred, a hundred being the best and one being the worst, that when they started coming to me, she was, let's say, about a 30, and now she's about a 50. The difference between a 30 and 50, we almost doubled her by supporting her. It means we're heading in the right direction with Hashem's help. With Hashem's help, if at 30, if they would have done what you're suggesting, she would never have gone to a 50. You'd be living with a 30. Means that your parents, uh, assuming that she would, she would probably get worse. But even at a 30, it means that it would be harder for your parents, it would be harder for you, and it would be harder for the whole family. Because there's no question that it's easier to live with a 50 than it's easier to live with a 30. So we have to hope that we've already seen progress, which it's very hard to see progress in any other way. The families that are locking their kids out of the house do not see progress. They, they end up becoming enemies, and the kids end up in rehabs and in psych wards. I have mothers throwing the kids into psych wards, and that that's very traumatic long-term, especially when a kid does not belong there because she she's just broken, and she's acting out for a very good reason. So she's being actually normal by acting out when it makes sense. So what you're suggesting, there is no other way to protect your parents. There's nothing we can do to snap our fingers and that the machla will be away. It's a machla. It takes time for it to heal. But we're seeing definitely good results, and she's getting better, and she's going to go down also. It's going to go up and down. That's the way it is. And your parents have to rely on their emunah and betachan for long term. And as far as short term, they have to rely that they're doing what Hashem wants them to do, which is to show her extreme amount of love and support and gifts. I understand you're in yeshiva, but you gotta, you got to become very mature very quickly now. It makes no difference if she has an iPod, if she has a television. These are all shtuyot. We're holding that we hope that she's not going to go out to destroy her future and to stick needles in her arm and to become an alcoholic. That's the enemy. And to be Michal Shabbos and to eat shreif and to be metamtam her lave. We're, we're, we're in the big leagues now. So you can't use small-time ideas that a boy in Chaim Berlin shouldn't have an iPod, which they all do anyway, you know. We're not worried about her frumkite. She has no frumkite issue. She's going to be frumer than all of us put together. She has a different issue. She has an issue that she's in tremendous pain. And when you're in tremendous pain, you need some ways to numb the pain. So you have to understand that we're not going to lose her over an iPod. We're not going to lose her over videos. We're not going to lose her even if she has a boyfriend. That's not our enemy. Our enemy is that she shouldn't feel like, and remember this word, she shouldn't become a rebel. A rebel, ah, a rebel can do anything. A rebel can steal. A rebel can cheat. A rebel has no boundaries. If she has the label on herself that I'm a rebel, then we lost her. 
if she has the label on herself that I'm a wonderful person, I have a family that loves me, but I do things, I act out, or I have bad friends, or whatever, and the Ezra Hashem, she's going to be able to get better with a far less degree of trauma. So you have to take care of your own mental health. You have to make sure that you're not taking it to heart. You have to do what you can for her. You have to do whatever it is that is going to calm you down. It's not very difficult to have a sister. You can imagine what it's like for your parents to have a child. Nobody wants this, and it can mamish kill somebody. We know that. But we're doing the best that we can. You've got to care for each other. You've got to calm down each other. You have to be each other with emunah and bitachan. Hashem is good, and whatever Hashem does is litav of it. And if Hashem gave us this child, and this child we know the Neshama picks our family, for some reason this child knew that they're going to go through terrible crisis, and they said, let's pick this family because this family is not going to turn their back on me. This family is not going to throw me out to the wolves. This family is not going to lock me out of the house. But this family is going to be here for me, and that's what it's going to be like on the Rechopo. She's going to say, thank you all. When I was crazy, and I was doing nutty things, you were always there for me. You never locked me out. You always left a beautiful bed for me that was made and went clean. You did my laundry and you fed me. And throughout all my crazy years, you were there for me. She's behaving completely normal for a child in pain. And if you had her pain, maybe you would do the same, like many other people would. I know for sure I would. So we're not here to judge. We're not here to ever judge anybody. The famous Ramayiril from Primjlan used to make Kiddush Friday night. And before Kiddush, one time he waited for a half an hour. And for a half an hour, everyone's waiting. Finally, he made Kiddush. Afterwards, the Chassidim asked him, My hi, Yilamdeinu Rabbeinu, tell us what's going on. So the Rebbe said, every week before Kiddush, I look around and I see and I figure out how every single person in the room is better than I am. I'm done. Everybody lekavzchus. I realize that everybody's better than me. Tonight, for some reason, from across town, they came to hear Kiddush by me. They came, this guy who was a big Russia. He was poor. He was a, a dark seed. He was a nobody, a nothing, a drunk. Mamish, like, nothing to him. And he said, for a half an hour, I was sitting and thinking, I couldn't figure out how was he better than me. Finally, I realized, if I would be him, would I travel across town to go hear Kiddush from Rebairil? To hear Kiddush from the Tzaddik, I never would do that. So you see how he's better than I would be in his situation. We're not here to judge her. We're not here to judge anybody. We're here to say thank you, Hashem, for the life you gave me that I don't have her struggles. And thank you that nobody should judge me on my struggles. Everyone has their own struggles. And everybody's doing the best that they can. So you have to give your parents a lot of credit that they're going on a path to keep her, to keep her and to hold her, and that the family should learn what it's like to have unconditional love for a child, that we don't give up on anybody, we don't turn our backs on anybody. And that's something you can take with you. Mr. Hashem, one day you'll have your own children, and each, each child has their own pekala, and we never turn our back. We always give and give and give and love and love and love. And daven and daven and have emunah betachan and daven more. But the Ebishter will help that will have nachas from her and from your children and from everybody. That's all we do. That's what it is to be Jewish. That's what it means to have emunah. Shinebuch is very sick. But we're not going to lose her. We're not going to do anything to push her out. 
Every smile is a step away from drugs. Every hug is a step away from drugs. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to smile with her and make her feel like a human being without judgment, without looking down at her. Who are we to look down? Years ago, a thousand years ago, the Jews were on such a high level, they would look at us, they would spit at us. So who are we? We're so good. We're, we have our own issues. We have our own problems. We're dealing with America, with all the Nisiyonis. We don't want anybody to judge us. We certainly wouldn't want another sibling to judge us and to look at our difficulties without understanding them and to just look how bad we are. That's not what we're all about. is your This is your test. This is your Nisayin. Are you going to have a haftalariyachah or only if she's good you could respect her and you could love her? Or could you love her even though she got hit by a truck? Emotionally, she got hit by a truck. So you can't go visit her in the hospital? It's too hard for you? That's being very selfish. You can't live in a house with someone who's not sneers so or someone has a television? Very selfish. The haftalariyachah means I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you because you are my sister. And I'm never going to stop loving you, and I'm going to look for ways to be proud of you. And there are many ways to be proud of her. She has a tremendous ratzin and a tremendous chuka. She was going to Rabbi Miller. Why does she have to go to Rabbi Miller? Why, what's she looking for? She's scrounging. She's looking for a way, and she'll find a way with Hashem's help, and she could end up being much bigger than what you can imagine. A lot of these kids grow up and they end up being phenomenal adults, being the care of other people, helping other people, and living a wonderful life. So let's not get carried away with the crying and the tears. You absolutely don't. You have no way of knowing. Do you have another way that you can do this? Do you have a way that you can make sure that she won't be out late at night? Do you think that if you tell her your idea that she should get her own apartment, then she's going to be not violated? Do you have a derek that's going to make her safe at night? Right. If you're marachik her, then you push her out into the street. Now she's, there is no way to control her. There is no way to control. I wish there would be a way that you could have her in at 12 o'clock. Generally speaking, the kids who have happier families and they feel more comfortable, those kids are coming home earlier than the kids who are miserable at home, and those kids stay out later. Doesn't mean that it's doesn't mean that it's always going to work. It's a very dangerous world, and she's 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 very much at risk. Do you have a way that you could think of that would get her to be home at 12 o'clock? You have to say to Hillam, you have to say to Hillam for her, and you have to daven for her that Hashem should protect her, say Shema with grace, kavana, and daven for her, and for all of the Yiddish Kindleuch that are out there, that are, that are mamash out there, and that they're, they seem like they're choosing to be out there, but they're not. They wish that they, that they weren't out there. I know them. I know them. I know them very well. And you have to daven for them. And it's true. But the Lamaise said, there's nothing else that's going to push her inside. Only love and acceptance when she comes home. She knows there's going to be popcorn waiting for her and there's fun stuff going on. Then she'll come home maybe a little earlier. If she knows there's criticism and looks of, of judgment, she'll stay out longer. That's the facts of life. So I told you the way that you do it is that you realize that this is an assign from Hashem for you as well, that you have to accept her. There's a love, you can't be over a love, and you have to accept her and do make her feel special, make her feel loved, never say anything negative, never look at her in a negative way, don't let it affect you at night, say Shema, 
say Tehillim for 20 minutes, for 15-20 minutes, and go to bed, because you have a life to live, and don't you have to somehow stop worrying, and you have to realize that you're going to say Tehillim, and that's the most that you can do. But if you really want to help her, you show her, I love you, I accept you, you're great, you're fantastic, you're wonderful, you're the best sister in the world, that she should feel that she has a comfortable house to come home to. That is a very, very big way for you to help her. Compliments and all of that. If you look at her negatively, or you say something, or you look at her in a judgment way, you're hurting her so much, and you're pushing her out in the street. So then you can't say afterwards, oh, but I'm scared that she's out in the street, because you're going to be a chalik of it. And you don't want to be a chalik of it. You want to tell her, I miss you, come home, let's have a good time. By understanding that you would do the same thing if you were her. And if you went through the trauma that she went through, you might be much worse. And there are a lot of kids out there that are doing this because this is a result of trauma. This is a result of pain. She's not rebelling against Hashem. She's just in a lot of pain. And, and, and you have to accept that. You have to understand that. 